Welcome into the Motown Rundown, episode number nine. Little tears for fears to bring you in today. It was banging. I know you're feeling it. I could see it in your eyes, you were feeling it. (laughs) I am your host, Ryan Rabinowitz, per usual, as always. Joined by my friends here today, Mr. Trent Bally. Trent, how are you? Excellent, Ryan. How are you? I'm great. Can't complain. No complaints. Victory Monday. Victory Monday. You got to love it. Second one of the season. (laughs) Hopefully there's more to come. And Mr. Ryan Collins. Ryan, how are you today, sir? Doing good. Doing good. Michigan State had a good performance this weekend, so I was very happy about that. What a great time to be alive to be a Michigan (laughs) State fan. Oh, boy. But as always, we are coming to you from the Impact 89 FM studios in East Lansing, Michigan. On a victory Monday, as Trent said, but we will talk about the Lions a little bit later. Because we have to start with the Red Wings, because hockey is back. I know you guys are very excited. Yep. I'm excited. I know, look, like the expectations around town are probably, you know, very small, if any. But uh, I did watch the, the first two games. I know you guys were watching, too. I did stay up for the Kings game uh, last night. So we're recording on Monday, so Sunday night. Yeah, it works out. Whatever. People understand. <laughs> So Red Wings opened the season a couple days ago, I guess a week ago, we'll, we'll go with that, suffering a 3-2 overtime loss at home against Columbus in the opener. Uh, Dennis Chalowski nets his first NHL goal, Dylan Larkin adds two assists in that game, and then game one of a little West Coast swing for game two for the Red Wings on the season. Uh, the Wings fall to the Kings 4-2, Jonathan Bernier makes his debut in net, and as this, as this is being recorded, which is a Monday night, the Red Wings are taking the ice against the Ducks here coming up in a couple minutes. So I guess let's go through our initial thoughts on the team. Now, for me, I don't know how you guys feel. We'll find out. That's the beauty of the show. I love this Red Wings team. And there are a lot of injuries so far. So you're not seeing your Ericsons. You're not seeing your Cronwalls. Trevor Daly went down in the game against the Kings. I just think this is flat out, and it's definitely because of the youth. It's a faster, more skilled pace of play. I mean, guys like Bertuzzi, Mantha, Double A, Rasmussen, I... I'm not expecting a ton from the team this year. I want to make that clear. I'm not expecting this team to go make a huge playoff run, go win a conference title, all that jazz. But I I find this team to run parallel to the Tigers in a sense of they've taken a bit of a step back. I know a lot of people think that Ken Holland should have taken more of a leap back than a step back. But I think this young talent we're seeing with the guys that I mentioned, they play a fast game. Obviously, the IQ and the experience will come with time, but I mean, for me, this is at least going to be a fun team for to watch. I, there's no reason for me, you know, to get bent out of shape about this team or all the teams in last place in the division. Like I, I don't care. It's just it, it it's fun to watch for me at least so far. I would agree with that. Seeing Dennis will. How do you say his last name? Chalowski. Chalowski. A lot of, lot of letters, yeah, lot of vowels. I, I know, no I clue. Hate. This is that's why I don't watch hockey that much. This, <laughs> I, the names. Uh, I, I understand. <laughs> but I was really impressed by him. He had a lot of ice time too. The first couple of games, like averaging twenty-two minutes and and uh, scoring his first goal, having three points already through two games. He's looked really good. That's something exciting. I think Larkin's looked pretty good. He made that pass. Uh, whatever this guy's last name is in the first game <laughs> of the year. But I think they there is some exciting things about this Red Wings team. You're going to see the young kids play for the first time in probably 15 to 20 years with this organization, and uh, that's a, something exciting to look forward to. I would agree. I think exciting is the word for sure. Um, you got a perfect mix of uh, the veterans and the young guys. Pace of play, like you said, Ryan, I think it's definitely up in the ante this year, and it's been fun to watch so far. 
They look fast. You're, I would agree with that. They yeah, do look it's just, fast. It's a different. I mean, I think the game innately is getting younger. It's getting faster, and there's a lot more skilled players. You're starting to see like those grinders, those the brawlers get. Even though Nick Jensen dropped the mitts yeah. against the Kings, which was, which was actually nice to see because the Wings aren't really known for. It's doing fun that, to see. But, yeah, but I mean, hey, it's it's you know we'll obviously talk more about it as the year goes on. But I guess just initially, I think. You know, I, at least me being a, a big hockey guy, I, I was very impressed. But I, let's, we can touch on some things off the ice with the wings. This big thing about about the the hockey town logo being removed from center ice. I mean, I guess Collins, I'll start with you because you're the one that brought it up. Like, what? G- give me your take on it. It just looks weird. It looks it does. flat it looks, out weird. Yes, I feel like center ice does look a bit like naked, almost, if you will. But I'm like, oh, um, are we playing at home? Yeah, <laughs> I looked the first name, but and then I realized all the empty red seats. We are playing at home. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, it looks weird, but I think it's fitting because I don't think we're hockey town. No offense, to yeah, Red no. Wings fans who think we are, but <laughs> in the last like twenty years, I wouldn't say we're hockey town. So I think it's fitting to get rid of the logo, but. I don't think they're getting a, away from that, but I think they're just trying to set, like, this is a new arena, right? maybe a new environment. D- let's have a little different mojo. I, I think yeah. it's symbolic, too. You know, you're putting one era to bed, and you're kind of bringing in the new era, and it's it's I'm, I'm okay with it, I guess. It does look a little, little weird, though. Yeah, little strange. I, I, I think people threw a stink about it, like, oh, this is hockey. I agree, like... This is a football city. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And like this the, is the yeah. truth. Yeah, and like the Lions aren't phenomenal, and they haven't, you know, really given people a reason to to make Detroit a football city. But it's a hardworking city. You know, people just love. I mean, Michigan Americans State, love football. Michigan people yes, love exactly. that. Yeah. Football, football, black sells. and Honolulu blue. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, look, the hockey town thing, whatever. I don't. I like like you said, Collins. They're not getting rid of the hockey town mantra. It's just a little bit of a rebranding, different different look, different feel. But with that being said, I mean, do you guys think, you know, and you mentioned the, the empty red seats, which I, by the way, I, I <laughs> heard today that they are, they are, they are changing to black seats. Um, do you guys think that this is a team that's really going to have the same problems as last year with not being able to fill seats or, or do you think, are people going to the games? I guess is my question. I think people are going to the games. I, like you said, I think, you know, pre-show that there's more people there than you think. I think the problem they have is they can't get people out of the bars in the concourse and get them into their seats. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they got lower ticket prices a little bit this season. I think the Olympia expected they build this great facility that more people just don't want to see it for the facility. They want to see a better product on the ice and on the hardwood and Pistons and Red Wings. People aren't going to go to these games unless these teams are good. They, no one wants to spend 115 bucks for a ticket if they're going to watch a below 500 team. Yeah, I agree. I you know Red Wings Pistons they both got to bring the ticket prices down a little bit and I yeah I think the Wings will sell some sell some tickets this year. I think. I mean the Red Wings have the most loyal fan base. I think that's true. other than the Detroit Lions. I think probably had the most to cheer about over the years. So it's yeah, Trent. I'll kick it back to you with this follow up question before we wrap up Wings here. Would you personally, or I guess put yourself in in an average fan shoes? I guess would would you rather go to a Red Wings game or a Pistons game this season, based on just how the teams perform, the atmosphere, what have you? I think I would probably rather go to a Pistons game just from the standpoint of a lot of new things going on. This is the first season with Reggie healthy, Andre and Blake all three together at the same time. You got a new coach, Dwayne Casey. That alone, I think, will bring some NBA fans in. So. Yeah, on a service level, probably the Pistons, but uh, I don't. I don't think it's by a landslide. I'd rather watch the Pistons, but in general, I'd rather go to a hockey game. I think yeah. hockey is the best team, best 
ticket to go in live person because you just you see these guys ripping around the ice and you're like this is crazy how are these <laughs> guys doing this but i this i think the red ones always sell tickets i they really had a problem with getting people in their seats and i you're they're getting rid of the red seats because it looks so bad and yeah Fun, fun fact for you, actually, over the summer, I had an internship with Olympia Entertainment, and the project I was working on all summer was creating the plan to replace the red seats. So <laughs> kind of cool to see they actually, like, Congratulations, I guess, Ryan. Well, thank you. I mean, I don't know in what capacity they took what I, you know, what I drew up for them to heart, but I, I'm just going to go to bed thinking that it, it did play a part. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the red seats, I think that definitely came from the Piston side for sure, at least for the inside information that I know. I hope I don't get... You know, arrested oh. for saying this stuff. But <laughs> Tom Wilson's knocking on your door tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Like it, it definitely came from the piston side, I think. And in the really the concept was like, yeah, it, the arena looks empty. But you know, having been in the arena a ton over the summer, there are so many nooks and crannies and clubs and you know, people like you said, when the pro- when the product's not good, people want to be hanging out in the bars and yeah. and all that stuff. So I don't know. With, with the pistons and wings, we definitely have a lot to talk about as the year goes on because you know, obviously, Tigers are over now, and, and we're starting to kick into regular season here with hockey and basketball. But before we completely bury the Tigers and we bury baseball as a whole, which, you know, maybe, I don't know, something will come up. Who knows? You never know here on the Motown Rundown. We're always keeping you on your toes. MLB postseason's underway. I think, first of all, before we get into it, in my opinion, the MLB postseason is the best playoffs in sports. The problem with the MLB postseason is it's the best playoff and the worst playoff at the same time, if you're a fan of the team, because you're living and dying with every pitch. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I'm trying to watch the Cubs and Milwaukee in a wild card game. I mean, yeah, wild card game. And I'm like, I can't get up for this. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm going to bed. Like, I, there's something about your team and your city being represented, and they got the white flags rolling. Yeah. It's awesome, but... When it's not your city, I, I can't really get off for playoff baseball. And I love baseball, so. Sure. My you, thing with playoff baseball is just you got 162 games, so you you definitely have the matchup set. you got the right teams playing each other, yeah. which is awesome because, you know, we all know with the NBA, it's just, well, the NBA is ridiculous anyways. you got sure. <laughs> two or three teams that could legitimately, really just one. We yeah. like to think two or three. but um, And then in football, it's just one game, so it's, you know. It's do or die, but MLB, I, I would agree. I think it's the best. And not everyone gets in an MLB. That's what's so right. special That's about right. it. You, you only... got like eight teams out of 32, and yeah. mostly it's at 16 out of 30 or 32, so exactly. it's great. Just the, the aspect of like every single pitch, even in like the third inning, you're, you get a base runner on right. in the third inning, and whoever comes up to bat, like you're hanging out of that pitch. You're like, the game's over. Yeah, the game's exactly, over. <laughs> exactly. But So the reason why I bring up the postseason, why obviously, you know, Collins, this was your, I can't take credit. This was Collins' idea, and I love it. A lot of Tigers, a lot of former Tigers in the postseason. I feel like this happens a lot, and I guess the question is here, one, when you think about these these Tiger players, you know, and I, I think, you know, you, I, I heard a lot, especially when Verlander was making his run last season with the Astros, it was like, oh, you know, it, it sucks to see Verlander succeeding. And for me, it's like, I've never really held it against, especially when guys leave on, on good terms. And I'm going to, I'll draw a parallel to football real quick. Like, for example, a guy like Eric Ebron is having a pretty darn good year this year. <laughs> can't course. stand it. Can't stand it. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't wish injuries upon anyone, but I hope, like, I don't know. <laughs> right. He gets like a, he well, gets that, like a yeah. the flu and he's like, can't play for the whole year. Of course, he heads out of Detroit and he's, you right. know, two touchdown games. Yeah. And, and the way, in the way he left was ridiculous. So, but the point being is like, that's a guy that I don't care to see succeed. But, you know, these guys that are in the MLB, a lot of guys that have left the Tigers, it's been a, because of the rebuild, it's been a necessary evil. 
So, Trent, I'll start with you. If you had to give me one former Tiger in the postseason right now this year that you miss the most, that I guess, I don't want to say hurts to watch succeed, but pains you in a way because you wish he was succeeding with the Tigers, who's that guy for you? Well, um, so my emotional fun pick for that would just be Curtis Granderson. But Sure. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. I like it. I respect it. <laughs> Never forget Randy said, in Cleveland. Right. Me and my brother had uh, Curtis Granderson fat head up in our bedroom <laughs> growing up. It. So I love Curtis. But uh, all all jokes aside, um, probably, I mean, I think we could all agree that the Tigers, the biggest thing the Tigers missed this past season was offense. So J.D. Martinez, he's an MVP, MVP caliber guy, got a huge bat. He's doing great things for the Red Sox. I just think his offense was immensely missed last season. We didn't have anyone bat over 300. And um, that hurt. So I would say JD, even though I do enjoy seeing him succeed, but I hate the Red Sox, so it's kind of a win lose situation. But I don't know. I, JD's my pick. I mean, growing up as a Tigers fan, the first good team was that 06 team, and J I just JV was unreal that 06 year. And I remember when they won the World Series last year, and I was like almost in tears because I was like, <laughs> I'm so happy for JV, but yeah. I'm just, in the same way, I'm sad because. He put all that – he was the leader of those teams for that 10-year period. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. I mean, you go to, he went to Oakland twice, and you put him on the bump in game five and said, go get us a W, and he's going to do it. He was clutch like that. And it just pains me, pains me he didn't get one done in Detroit because when he came back this year and he was crying right before pregame, he said, I wish I could have gotten it done for Mr. Illich because yeah. Mr. Illich put so much money into that team. And I think – Verlander embraced the city of Detroit, unlike a lot of athletes in the city. He lived downtown. He didn't live in a didn't live in the suburbs of the city. He lived right in the middle of the city. And I thought it was, I mean, he had a no hitter going into the sixth inning. Like he's just such a competitor, and he was one of my favorite athletes to watch in Detroit. So it is sad to see him go. Yeah, I think on and on and off the field, Verlander wasn't like. Granted, he was the face of the Tigers. You yeah. could throw Miggy in there, obviously too. But he truly, you know, whether you want to say in the realm of sports or just in life in general, Justin Verlander was like the face of Detroit. For sure. Period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's, yeah. you know, humble guy, classy guy, very hardworking and dominant at, w- at what he did. So I think, you know, beyond the Tigers. But, I mean, this year, 16-9 and nine with a two five two ERA, World Series champion last year, obviously. And I think towards the end of when JV was in Detroit – I think people were kind of unfair to him, just like they are to Miggy, in a sense of they were kind of like, oh, Verlander's not the same, you know. Get rid of him. Exactly, yeah. like get rid of him. And to me, it wasn't like a get, like don't get rid me of either, him. either, right. But, yeah. I, you know, again, you have to take a step back and, and see this is what the Tigers are. They're rebuilding, and it was probably a necessary evil. But now what I love to see for JV is this is the Justin Verlander that we all know and love. Like this is the guy that goes on the hill and is going to gas you up for – eight innings if he has to, and he's he's truly still one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball. Like, it's incredible. It's revamped his career for sure, the yeah, move to Houston, it and it's good to see because we do all love him. And He's yeah. a competitor. Yeah. He's a straight competitor. Him and Scherzer, which that also hurts. He's not in the playoffs, yep. but uh, Verlander and Scherzer, they have a certain eye when they get on the mountain. You're not going to take the ball away from me until the seventh or eighth inning, and it's well, those those teams were so much fun to watch too. That's the thing, and you look you look now, and there's there's literally four pitchers from that 2012 <laughs> World Series team through the 2014, the last postseason run we made, and it's Edible Sanchez, Rick Porcello, David Price, and Justin Verlander. 
so those that, guys are still out there. That begs the question: Are those Tigers teams, the 2012 teams, you know, the the oh, so close but just not enough? Are those teams you think are just the biggest waste of talent in Detroit sports history? Yes. <laughs> that, that 2013 team, I think, was the best team I've ever seen in Detroit sports. Yeah, and they didn't get it done. They lost, completely blew that series to the Red Sox after having that game wrapped up in Game Two, and Big Poppy hit that infamous home run yeah. in Boston. But it's they had so many guys on that team are just it was, their pitching staff. I mean, they had the ERA leader, they had the Cy Young, yeah. and they had a former MVP on their staff. That's, Not to mention the triple crown winner on offense. Yeah, it, yeah, was, it was ridiculous. And you had Prince Fielder behind him, and you had Victor Martinez like coming off having a great year. It was absolutely insane they weren't able to get it done. But, yeah, it's definitely the most – you can't really draw any parallels. Yeah. I like <laughs> right. maybe maybe like I'd give the bare- 06 team a little bit of consideration but still I yeah that definitely- was more of a team of destiny but like right. I maybe Barry's like Lions maybe not getting it done Herman maybe, Moore yeah, yeah. May, maybe those but I can't you can't really draw a comparison to these great tighter scenes that never got it done yeah, but but before we uh before we start, you know, with the with the tears and you know, because <laughs> it's just so easy to get sad talking about the Tigers. Yeah, let's move on to the Lions because the Lions did win a football game. Thirty one. Yeah, exactly. Thirty one twenty three over the Packers. Two and three on the season right now. Uh, the the first that I'll throw out Matthew Stafford fourteen for twenty six, hundred eighty three yards through the air and two touchdowns. Before we get moving into the other stats and talking about the game. I need some serious help from you guys because I don't know what's going on. I I don't <laughs> I, I I I remember for you know the fir- the first game when they were going into the Jets game, I was like that's a win, and then for San Francisco, I was like oh it was one game and you know against the Jets yeah. whatever, San Fran's a win, and then I was like there's no way they're beating the Patriots, and then they're gonna beat the Cowboys, and then not sure if I can tell <laughs> they're gonna be the Pack. I I it just it makes me look stupid. And feel stupid because my opinion on the team as far as wins and losses has been completely wrong. And I think this is so typical of a Lions team to do this to someone like me who plays that game of where are the wins, where are the losses, because it's like the complete opposite. So I let me like I gotta vent for a second because I'm I'm <laughs> like I just I'm gonna you lose get my off mind. your chest. Let us seriously like I don't know how to feel about this team because they go out and play games like they do against the Jets in San Francisco, and they drop a game they shouldn't against the Cowboys, and they beat the Patriots, a team they shouldn't, and they beat the Packers, a team that many people would say they shouldn't because of Aaron Rodgers. So the question I'm going to pose before I continue to just spill it all out here, Trent, I'll start with you. Are they for real or are they pretenders? They're for real. Okay, okay. Show your work. I need to you to show, show your work. SOL, same old Lions, is dead. <laughs> okay. At least for now. I'm putting it to bed. Okay. I'm putting it to bed. Um, honestly, the biggest thing for me was, well, my initial thoughts on the game yesterday was just, I, I think the score, the game wasn't nearly as close as the score showed, and that's just thanks to a terrible Lions third quarter. Another one. The Lions are now... Let's see here. They're minus 56 in third quarters, but they're plus 23 in fourth quarters. So they usually, if you have a good first half, you can do enough to get it done in the fourth. But um, I thought the offense sputtered a little bit at the start, but they took advantage when most necessary, and the defense was bend but don't break all day pretty much. Um, I didn't think Darius Slay had that great of a game, and that's uncharacteristic of him. 
But um, even said it after the game too. He's right? Yeah, better. he he took responsibility. But Matt Stafford, you know, it, if you look at it on paper, it's one of those mediocre games from him. Especially, you know, he's capable of putting up those gaudy numbers. But you also got to keep it in context. Like Lions were getting great field position on some mistakes yeah. by the Packers and some bad punts and that kind of thing. So, and and missed field goals, of course. Oh, can't yeah. can't beat around the bush, but. I don't know. Honestly, for real, I think they're for real. Um, offense is looking better. Uh, defense has just got to step up. They're going to get Ziggy back after this bye week, let's hope. And, um, yeah, I mean, time time will bring the chemistry, and then they'll, they'll continue to snowball it from here. Schedule gets easier. Uh, started off with a win in the division. Um, I think it's a little aggressive to say SOL is dead on a two and three team. I'm just saying. Okay, that. I'm sorry. I, I, I got I got excited. I got Fair. excited. Fair. I I would say this team is a pretender. I think this is a seven and nine team. I think they have pieces to be good, but I, I this team just seems like they're not going to be able to be consistent all year. I think they're going to be consistently inconsistent. But there was positives. I the defense looked really good yesterday. In with a lackluster performance out of the secondary, I thought that was a really good sign. Deshaun Hand played really well, caused a fumble. They caused three fumbles, and they had, I mean, they didn't, the secondary didn't have the numbers they might have looked like, but there was a lot of coverage stats yesterday. I think they had two or three out of the five stats they had yesterday, but I think this team's a pretender. I think they have pieces. I th- The thing about the Lions is they have the pieces to be a pretty good team, and I don't think this NFC North is done as tough as as tough as they thought it was going to be, as the Bears are the class of the division right now. I don't see that holding up. The Vikings look shaky on defense this year, and the Packers. I mean, Mason Kras. I, I'm just going to say this: the Lions yesterday got very fortunate. Crosby missing how many field goals did he miss? Ryan five, four field goals and one oh, extra yeah. point. And yeah. I would I would like to thank Mason Crosby. He's also <laughs> the, you ever hear this, Mason? Thank you. He's also the only kicker in the NFL, or like maybe a handful that he can go and have because any other kicker. Oh, like, cut. right, you're yeah, done. gone. Yeah. But he'll obviously because I'm, of the career he's put together, he at least has a chance to go go to practice this week yes, and actually yes. make up for it. Anyway, Collins, continue. So I yeah, I think they're pretenders. I I think this is a typical seven and nine Lions team. They're gonna get the twelfth pick and. <laughs> we're we're gonna miss out on an Aaron, another Aaron Donald, but I think the one positive I saw today is Kenny Galladay is a beast. Yeah, this monster. He, he's a beast. You he see had that all, stiff arm. Looking at yeah, that was insane. Haha, Clinditz. Right, got he's no joke. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely embarrassed. But I look, you look at his numbers. He has four receptions. Did that? I thought he had ten. Yeah, it, I, yeah. it, it seemed like that. Well, he should have had the touchdown. Frank yeah, Ragnall, yeah, the holding yeah. call, called yeah. it back. But but he he's just. He, he looks fantastic, and I think that's one really good positive out of this season so far. I think they found your number one receiver, and I think you don't have to sign Golden Tate this season for a number you don't want because Kenny Galladay's emerged. So I'm glad you brought that up because I'm also in the camp of, you know, I, I like Golden Tate. I think he's very good at where they have him in the slot, but if he's going to be looking for some outrageous number, it's, yeah, just, why? it's not worth it. Galladay yeah. is the real deal. For for me, back to that question of, of they're a real deal or pretender, after this week, I you know, and that's why I'm still on the fence. And I, I and, and Trent, I hate to, I, I love your optimism. I, <laughs> I, tr- I truly do because it's what gets me up in the morning. But I think I'm not going to call this team a pretender. But what I will say is, I think that this is a flat out average team. Oh yeah, not gr- not by any stretch of the word great, and not good like we thought they were going to be. And truly, and what really irritates me 
is that I think the reason why they're not they're, they're they are an average team is the coaching. And I give Patricia some leeway because it's his first year, and I get it. This thing might take a year to finally get clicking on all cylinders, but Jim Bob Cooter, and you will hear me say it on the show until the man is fired. He is killing the offense, and he kills Matthew Stafford. And Paul Pasqualoni or whatever, the defensive coordinator. <laughs> you nailed it. This guy, he's not a top-end defensive coordinator. He he's not. a DN coach at Boston College yeah. Well, the year. thing is, he's got the connection with Patricia, and they, you know. Right, they, you but know he's like he's like yeah. 85 years old, this I, guy. He wears those glasses all the way down. I, yeah, I just, he's right like off. he's reading a book. Like, are you coaching defense, or are you, like, you reading like a Mitch Album novel? It's right. ridiculous. But anyway, this, despite the win... I think it was more of a Packers loss. I just I feel like this pa- this Lions team factually can't game plan. They're not schematically sound enough to do any damage in the NFL this year. And 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 Trent, I'm going to let you rebuttal when I'm done because and it's not because I want to get into this argument. It's because I need you to continue to pump my hope because it just <laughs> it's it it's di- even after a win. This is how sad it is. Even after a win, my hope is dwindling. But anyway. They, they lack playmakers on defense, specifically at the linebacker core. Jared Davis, I I get it. He's young, but at a certain point, man, like it's got to click. It, yeah. it has to get moving. And, and like you said, Collins, this to me is an eight-win team. And I say that because from what I've seen, I, I'm going to sit here and tell you they could and should beat the Bears twice, the Vikings at least once, and maybe they get the Packers on the road, but they won't. Yeah. This this is a Lions team that, that that won't do that, and and to me, I attribute or I, I guess I I think of this Lions team as like a really good Madden team, like a team that like when you're <laughs> yeah. playing Madden, like oh yeah, I'm picking the Lions. They're fristy. Yeah, the I wanna, talent yeah. is there. That's the thing. Yes. The talent is there. The 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 underachievement is what's so frustrating to me because, like you said, you have talent. Matthew Stafford to me is a great NFL quarterback. He is. Like he's if you want to throw the elite tag, sure, I'll allow it. Yeah. But and then you have guys like Golden Tate and Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay and guys on the line who I know, I know can play football. But the problem is they never put it all together. They never perform at a hundred percent for all four quarters for in every facet of the game. And that's why the Lions are what they are. And it's it's hard for me to sit here and tell you that yeah the Lions are gonna go win you know five out of six and they'll be right they'll be right at the top because truthfully in in this conference they have to win ten games nine like yeah. nine games maybe yeah. but it's they they have to win that much so it just looking at this team and their only two wins being the Patriots and Packers and like I just said the Packers lost that game. Yeah, that's very uncharacteristic. And the Packers are beat up too. You know, Ro- I don't think Rodgers and Mike McCarthy get along at all. It's it's a matter of time. That's it, a ticking time bomb. Is, it's the same yeah. thing as the Patriots. I look at these teams as the exact same. Phenomenal quarterbacks, decently solid teams. I think the Patriots are innately a stronger team. But that's why it's hard for me after this after this win. To be like, yeah, this Lions team is the real deal. So Trent, like I said, I'll I'll, I'll let you rebuttal because I need you to help me out and tell me I'm wrong. So like the, to both of you guys, the inconsistent. If we're just looking at this season, the inconsistency is definitely there, and that's why there's room for a lot. You know, you, it's uh, you covering both ends of the spectrum. If you're a Lions fan, you're either at this point you're all in for the Lions, like I am, or you completely, you know, you you guys are average. You know, Lions are average, right. and I get it. So 
I want to just give you two average teams that won Super Bowls. <laughs> both both Eli Manning Super Bowls teams were average. Yeah. Sure. So like the 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 hope is there, and and <clears throat> it's still really early in the year. So, but I just honestly i i don't I don't necessarily look at this team and think that they can win eleven games because at this point you got three losses already. I get it, but. This division does not look great. It does not flatter me by any means. So I think I think the it's there for the Lions. The door is open. The situation isn't necessarily horrible. You got playmakers, like you said, you already covered that. They got a few injuries they're dealing with. It's a perfect time to go into the bye. You're taking a win into the bye. The schedule does get easier. They're playing the Los Angeles Rams, and the Carolina Panthers, but they get them both at home, so those are probably the two hardest wins on paper. You got them both at home, though. And then they're playing, I forget which teams exactly it is, but four of the... Play the Bills, Cardinals, and uh, Vikings and Packers end of year. So. They got four of the worst offenses in the league yeah. that they're playing okay. against. You know, so it, 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 I And I agree, you, you can't look at... <laughs> As a Lions fan, you know, I've learned, we've all learned, you can't look at the schedule count wins and losses because that's not how the Lions work, right? right. They, you got to go week by week, one game at a time, and I think, honestly, if the Lions take it one game at a time, Matt Stafford is capable of getting hot. We've seen it year in, year out. So I, I'm not out on the team. I, I, I think there's hope. The division doesn't look great, and I think the Lions can seize the opportunity. I, I mean – they got to win the next two games coming out of the bye. They got the Dolphins and Seahawks. And, Dolphins. and honestly, I think they will. I think they will win both. I don't think they'll win that Seahawks game because I don't trust anyone against Russell Wilson in my Michigan State fandom, <laughs> and that's a different story. But right. I, the problem that I see with this Lions team, though, is that game was – they should have blown them out. They really should have. I mean, they had all the momentum, and they couldn't get the offense going. And I, I was looking in Ryan's notes, and Marvin Jones has been underwhelming. Yeah. He should have taught, taught that touchdown pass on that offside. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It could have helped my fantasy team, too. Right, <laughs> yeah. He, he only ended with one catch. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he has been underwhelming this year. I would agree with you there. But I it the thing about uh, that wide receiver group is, I like I said last week, a top five group in the league, I yes, think. Yes, they should be. Yeah, they're talent-wise. They're a top five group in the league. And you got... I mean, carry on Johnson looked good again. 12 carries, 70 yeah. yards. Hopefully he's not out for a while because I think he – I think they – this week they're like, you're going to be the feature back. He started the game and they gave him the ball to start the game. So if him, Lane, and – if Lane and carry on can get back, I think that's the one thing – one really positive thing I saw this week. That run game looked pretty good again. Yeah, it did. 5.8 I, average yards per rush for carry on. Yeah, and he, yeah. he said after the game he could have gone back in. For what it's worth, I mean, I know he's a player. You yeah. take that for what you want, but I think he's going to be all right. That I'm, I'm glad you guys bring up the running game because I had to touch on it. First of all, here, here's my first thing: don't hand Theoretic the ball. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> like, not what he's for. Like, I mean, I yeah, that, like that. Just like don't like stop. But and I get you know, obviously, Carry on Johnson went down with an injury. I I understand. So his numbers could have been a lot more, but twelve carries like hand. The man, 
the ball more. I agree. Please. I, Le- Le- Garrett Blunt got just as many carries. It's and sickening. And averaged four yards less per rush. Yeah, but a lot of those carries for LeGarrette Blunt were short yardage well, situations. Well, he, he is doing exactly what we're at. Yeah, we we yes. brought him in to do. Yes. He had two touchdowns yesterday. Yes, yeah. and that's where that's where my, my gripe is. Like, I, I only want to see if it's third and one. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm a big – I'm third and one, in my opinion. I, I guess it depends on, on field position and, and game situation. You don't need to be in the shotgun on third and one. No. I <laughs> formation, give the ball to Garrett Blunt. Good luck tackling that guy when you're right. at the line of scrimmage. Especially if you got Ballor up the middle, too. Seriously. So, yeah. but like, as far as carry on Johnson goes, he's shown game after game so far. And like you said, I, I hope he's he's fine and, and is playing. I should be fine after the bye week, I'd hope. But this man deserves to be having. 25 touches yeah. a game. He's, look at the tape, Jim Bob. Like, yeah. just look. Yeah. I agree. He's a lot, right? It, it's, really it's the same thing. And, like, I hate to bring in Michigan State to this, but, like, these teams are so similar. Like, Michigan State <laughs> refuses to run the ball. Detroit refuses to run the ball. And it comes down to having inept offensive coordinators that just are not factually not good at what they do. So that's... That's my biggest gripe about the team, and it will continue to be. I don't know who I have to send an email to if I have to go sit out HQ and just if it's if it's Ryan's Matt Patricia or, staking out at Allen yes, Park. Yes, well, if it's if it's Matt Patricia or if it's Jim Bob Cooter, I just want to grab him by the shoulders and go, bro, hand the ball off to your boy because <laughs> you're gonna help Stafford out. It's gonna help so teams don't get to go so defenses can't go to the line of scrimmage and go, this is exactly the play the Lions are running right now, because it's the same bland vanilla right. playbook. It's the same thing. I just I I mean, I truly think that th- from what we've seen in, in running backs, good solid running backs, like every down running backs are few and far between these days. And obviously it's a passing league, but Carry on Johnson has built has the ability to be that guy. They just have to give him a chance. Yeah. He's given him no reason to not. You right. Know? Yes. That's the thing. Uh, T's table are not exciting this week. Did you see that? Yeah, wonderful. Oh, wow. It's incredible. <laughs> I love the coaching. T's table. I mean, Nevin Lawson was uh, they played, awful. Yeah, I mean, he's slow. I mean, it's he the same thing. He can't cover yeah. anybody. He ended up making one decent play, but it was after I had already screamed his name with expletives four times. Yeah. And I, it was ridiculous. <laughs> It was interesting what they did. They put Nevin Lawson on the dime, and he actually played a lot better he than he does. He had two pass breakups yeah, on yeah, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, yeah. He looked a lot better on the inside than he does on the outside. So I think that'll be something to look for if they keep on putting Taborn outside. But, I mean, the I would, one takeaway I've had, the Lions have had a pretty good draft, I would say. This year's draft, the first, I think, four picks have been pretty effective. Tracy Walker, the safety. I don't know where he's out of, but he's been pretty good this year. Should have had the pitch sets to win the game. Uh, oh, yeah. But that holding call. Bogus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Hand has been the best rookie, I think, so far this year. I mean, his pro football focus ranking is number one out of all the D tackles in the league. He's been exceptional. on Johnson, we've talked about him enough. And Rad now, still don't understand why he's, he's not playing better. center. Don't understand that you draft a center, play him at center. But he's slowly developing, and I, he's a mauler. And I think you're seeing that in the run game. They're progressing in the run game. I brought up a I, Ryan Cole, I should say. Ryan Cole texted me this morning with, with an interesting stat. Last 10 games against the following opponents. So the Lions are 6-4 and four against the Vikings in the last 10 meetings, 9-1 and one against the Bears in the last 10 meetings, 
and then six and four again against the Packers in the last ten meetings. Like, does that does that matter at all? I just I I just brought it up because Ryan Cole. Well, I wanted the, to give him a little shout out on the show. So, today. Yeah, some of the, those losses though. If you like that one loss against the Packers was the one in the division. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it really matters. A right, lot of those it, teams did not matter. Yeah, taken and, in context, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's fun to read those. And yeah, you, Thanksgiving Day last year against the Vikings, loss. Yeah. Right. So I don't. I know. was at that game. That was oh, depressing. Were you really? Yeah. Well, I, what like, you think of that blocked kick? Did you think it was actually like legit? Or? Ah, sh- well, sure, <laughs> whatever. Dude. You're like, leaving the just, stadium. Watching TV, watching TV, you could clearly see that he jumped. Over yeah, it. yeah, but I mean, whatever. Like that's just. Yeah, it was just a fun stat to throw. Yeah. I, I guess. But yeah, oh, yeah. I, I guess I want to. I want to talk defense too before we start to before we start to wrap it up because you know th- three fumbles, sacked Rogers four times. I on paper, you know, statistically, like those are you know those look pretty good stats wise. I think in any for any team in any league in the sport of football, you have to have a pass rush. And, you know, I want to bring back the Michigan State Spartans because they, quite frankly, don't have one. The Lions, as the, as the past, as, as the weeks have gone on, I think have gotten better at that. And and it all comes back to Matt Patricia and, and the scheme he wanted to implement. And, you know, the pieces, guys like Sean Robinson, who were a healthy scratch week one and, you know, guys like like Zettel getting cut from the team, yeah. and so it was weird, like what the what the mix was going to be. But you have to build a pass rush first, and I think that they did a decent job of that so far. But still, I feel like watching that game, the defense truly did not impress me. I think against the run, they look weak, and it, it, there, there's so many holes and. It just looks so sloppy to me. I mean, I don't know what you, what, like what your guys' opinion is on that, but I it just it's it's bothersome to me. And as I said before, they don't have playmakers on D. Darius Slay, sure, who didn't have a great game, but one cornerback can only do so much. If he takes out a primetime wide receiver, that's great, but it just looks sloppy to me. I would actually kind of disagree. I thought the defense actually won that game for them. They put him in a lot of good field position situations. Like at the end of the half, Deshaun Hand. It causes that fumble. They go down and score with Marvin Jones. But I, I, they're playing the same defense they have the last three years. Like, in my opinion, that Ben don't break and you have no time of possession on offense, right. which eventually will come back to bite you. But what I've seen on this defense, I think Devon Kennard looked good for the first time in the Lions uniform this week. First of all, I don't get why he's wearing number 42. It really <laughs> confuses me. I don't know why. That makes me upset. It's a really random thing. But whatever. But Aishon's a non-factor, I think, on this defense. It, it, it's clearly the scheme doesn't fit him. And like you said, Jared Davis, it's not a click. Because he if you're not going to be, you're right, they are weak and that's a run. If you're not going to be that guy who stuffs the run, and like you, you're comparing Michigan State, like that's one thing they can do. They can stuff the run. Mm-hmm. They got Joe Bocci, Raekwon Williams, and all those guys. They got Deshaun Hand. They got Ricky Francois, whatever that yeah. guy's name is. They're not bad like on the D line there, but he's got to be better, and he's not good in coverage. So what is he good for if he's not able to stuff the run? So I would agree with that. Uh, my thing with Jared Davis is, I honestly, I I think he'll I think he'll pick it up. Like uh, you guys both said, I know you both prefaced it and said he's young. He is young, and he he'll figure it out. But um, at least I I hope so. But. I just want to talk about Romeo Okwara for a second because this dude is the guy that we brought in in place of Zettel. Yeah. And so far, he's only played in three games for the Lions. Mm-hmm. He's only dressed for three games. And he has two sacks, one strip sack, which was huge yesterday. Yes. Three quarterback hits, one tackle for loss in the game yesterday alone. And um, he has three sacks in the three games he's played. And do you think Anthony Zettel would have that 
up to this point. But Probably Anthony not. Anthony so, Settle did tackle a tree, though. Fun fact: <laughs> if you didn't see that video for a hundred times last year, yeah, that, wow, it was news to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, the defense, I, I agree. It's, it's got to get better. Run defense in particular. This is just embarrassing. The, the inability to stop the run and the holes that you see are just massive, and it's frustrating as a fan because. I mean, it's easier said than done, but Pascaloni, figure it out, man. Yeah, I, I, I agree. The Packers are running on you. They don't run on anyone. Yeah. That's like, they don't have a running back. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. the thing. Like, come on. Exactly. So as, as we now move into the bye week, obviously the Lions are they're off for a week. I think, truthfully, it's coming at a pretty good time. You're coming, you're coming off of a win, and I think you're at a crossroads where you, you now really need to buckle down and go look if you're if you're Matt Patricia in that locker, we got to go look. You know, there's not much more room for error here. You yeah. you know, you guys need to figure it out, find it within yourselves. We'll game plan the right way. You need to go out and and string together wins, and that's one thing that I think is very important in any sport. Just the being able to roll and to string together wins and establish some sort of, I, I guess, presence in the locker room to where you're you're amped up and you're you're clicking on all cylinders is huge. And so I guess my question to you guys is as far as things that need to be focused on the bye week, they get that extra week, you know, what's the focus here for this team as far as what needs to improve or or, or what they're looking at when they come out of the bye week? I think the offensive offense efficiency has got to be a lot better. I, th- I, I mean, Stafford had a really good week against Dallas. I think he took a little bit of a step back. But I think this week he played more of that Joe Lombardi don't take any chances ball where he just – Whatever, but I think look, going into the bye week, they got a lot of divisional games coming up. That was their first divisional game of the year. I think that's the only reason I would say this Lions team is not completely out of the playoff picture. They've only played one divisional game they've won, and they've historically, the last couple of years, they've beaten up on the division, as Ryan put earlier. But looking into the bye, I'll take a look at that linebacking core and that D-line. As we t- touched on, the run game's a little shaky, but... They got to do some stuff schematically like the Patriots do. They don't have – they have Kyle Van Noy playing linebacker for the Patriots. <laughs> right, yeah. That guy was garbage for the Lions. He couldn't even see the field. And they're somehow getting it done. They got to figure out how they're going to be able to stop the lead offense as, as they play the Rams. They're going to play the Bears. They're going to play – Russell Wilson, I know he's having a down year, but he's always a guy who's – effect- Yeah, he's effective. So they got to figure out how they're going to have a scheme that allows their offense an opportunity to win games because – this defense, unlike yesterday, I don't think you're going to see the defense cause three turnovers every week. Um, the run defense. I mean, I just I just talked about it, but not to beat a dead horse. But like, come on, can we can we just be competent at the run game? Can we be 16th in the league, not 32nd? You know what I'm saying? Like that that's ridiculous. And and then one thing the Lions have been doing up to this point, and that I'd like to see them continue to do as they roll into the bye week is you take your mistakes from the previous game and you work like the lions were the last, I think they had, they were 30% in the red zone going into the Cowboys game. And they were four for four yesterday yeah. in the red zone. He had the blunt touchdown, the blunt touchdown again, and then the passes to Marvin Jones and Galladay. So it, you just got to look at the tape, figure things out. But um, run defense is the biggest thing for me. That That's just, it's, it, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, there's not many other ways to put it. The run defense is bad. Offense will continue to roll, continue to gain momentum. I think Stafford trusts his guys a lot at this point. Hasn't thrown a pick since um since week week three. So uh, I'm optimistic going into the bye week. It is coming at a good time. 
got to get some guys healthy. I think Ziggy coming back will help guys like Ashawn Robinson. Um, and that'll open it up a little bit. Ziggy will be questionable for the rest of the year. Oh with, yeah, that's for, how it goes. I think he's been questionable for <laughs> every single game of his Lions career. Which just is a, just a thought. which is a shame because and I know we we I think we said it you know earlier like Ziggy Ansa is someone that obviously he, he gets franchise tag this year. This is a this is a contract year for him. Yeah, like, you can't and, and pay it's, him. It's not even a matter of me not wanting to pay him or being like, oh, like what I, it just, I want to see this guy have a chance to play and showcase his talents. Cause when he is healthy and when he is on the field, he is a force to be reckoned his, with. His presence alone is huge. Yes, exactly. He's never healthy. It, well, but, but I mean, the, <laughs> in the couple games that we've seen of him before he went down again, which is, it's just a shame, but you know, I, I, a lot of, a lot of things that I think that the Lions need to continue to work on and, you know, I, I hope we get an answer to that. You know, are they pretenders or, or the real deal as, as time goes on? But if it was in Miami, the season's over. I would I would say I would have no faith in them for the rest of the year. Yeah, because you got to beat Miami with the schedule you got coming up. I the schedule seems easier on the back half, but I I you got more divisional games. You got more teams that know what you do schematically. I think the end of the season. It gets a little bit tougher as you play the sits of your last eleven. I think are in division games. See, like I, I, that's where it's it's. And I remember saying last week, you know, until they hit that eight loss, nine loss mark, I can't call the season <laughs> over. And yeah. the reason, the reason being, is because yes, Collins, like yes, this team should come off the bye week and go beat the Dolphins. Yes. No excuses. Yeah. No questions asked. They should go beat the Seahawks. But what I can also see happening is the Lions losing to the Dolphins and losing to the Seahawks, but beating the Rams and beating <laughs> the Panthers. And it makes no sense. It never makes sense. Yep. But that's why, like for me, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I can't call it quits. Like if 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 it's they like lose drug. that game, it is. Well, that's exactly. It's it's an addiction, but. I don't know. I mean, Trent, you're always the guy too. You're like, you know, you, I know you don't think the season's over by any means if they lose the Dolphins. Um, no, but I do think it's an important win. It would be nice yeah. to get some wins up front so that we can sort of have some a little bit of security when we play the Rams and we play Cam Newton and Aaron Rodgers again. So I don't know. Season's not <laughs> over in my opinion. Right. Well. Well. Hey, we got. By week next week, so I don't know what we're going to be talking about next week. We'll I'll figure it out. I'll be sure, a fun show. I'm, I'm sure we'll figure it out. But hey. That's all for the Motown Rundown today. I appreciate y'all listening in. Episode 9 is a wrap for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Hey, if you're feeling like it, feel free to tweet any questions, comments, suggest some topics for the show at Ryan Rabinowitz 4 using the hashtag Motown Rundown. Thank you again for listening. We will see you next week. We don't see eye to eye. Sometimes it's true. Good times will come